Cauldron Juice does not typically begin with thoughts, ramblings, or sponsorships. We like to get directly into the story and transport you to another world as soon as we can. So this pre-roll, it's only in the prologue and chapter one. Uh, That said, know this. Our story is one worth sticking around for. Our quality isn't the best at the beginning, but as our microphones and my editing skills and DMing skills get better, the experience gets better. Our story is so full of meaning and hope, and what these characters do matters. These characters, these people, change fictional lives, and I hope they change real ones as well. Fight for the right path. Do not give up. Dragons can be beaten. You can go to cauldronjuice.com prophecy to read the destiny laid before our heroes hundreds of years before they were born. And if you really, really love what we're making here, you can go support Cauldron Juice on Patreon. Now I'll get out of my own way and let you become a part of Eos, our world. from behind her flagon. Dead bog all around, you are sinking in the sand. An important contract turns to ash in your hands. If you don't observe well, I'll call you obtuse. Don't drink the poison in the cauldron juice. Aziza, you regain consciousness for a moment, and you don't see anything, but you feel something keeping you laying down. Something is pushing you back down. You lose consciousness again, and next time you regain consciousness, you don't feel that way, and you realize it was somebody pushing your shoulder down and keeping you in a bed, and you realize you're in a bed. You kind of open your eyes and look around and you don't feel great, but you feel like you were feeling worse a little bit ago, like a day or two ago. Okay. Like maybe somebody made you feel better or took care of you. Okay. You're in this really nice room and it's simply furnished, but uh, there's dark wood all around you. There's a desk. You're laying on a low bed that's simple. You don't remember 
what you were wearing before, but you kind of recognize that like the simple robes that you are wearing that are tan and a little coarse are maybe not yours. And then you kind of realize you don't remember anything. You don't remember anything but your name. You don't remember what your life was like. You can't remember anyone you know. You can think of faces, but you can't think of people or, or their names or anyone familiar to you. But you get the feeling that this place is unfamiliar. There is a mirror uh, in the room, and it's, you know, a little ways away from you, and you're still in the bed, feeling a little stressed out that you can't remember anything. What would you like to do? I definitely need to get up. Okay, so you get up and you check yourself out in the mirror, and it's a weird feeling. It's like you you look at yourself and you see yourself, but there's kind of there's like a little bit of a disconnect between who you feel you are and what you see there. Okay. But it's not, you know, it's not a mirage. It's definitely just you in the mirror. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the rest up to you. What, what would you like to do next? I want to look around the room. What else is in the room? Is there a door or a window? Or... Yeah, sure. There's a window that um, there's some light. Does it lead outside? Some natural light coming in. The, the window is, doesn't have a way to open it when you get up close to it. When you look outside, you can see that there's like like a sandy garden, and it's well manicured and very shapely. It's you know somebody somebody's tended to it and made it look a certain way, and it kind of flows and it reminds you of water, even though it's sand. Okay, how's it smell? Um, it smells clean. Um, not like chemical clean, but like maybe like wood polish, um, like a wood polishy type smell. Okay. So it's it's like very slightly fragrant. It, it smells clean. There's nothing too strange about where you are. Okay, so is the door unlocked? Yeah, so you go over to try the door and you open it and there's a hallway and it looks like some other doors uh, like yours. And when you go out into the hallway, there's off to your right, there's a stairway that kind of leads down and around. And off to your left, there's a, a turn in the hallway. Okay, I'm going to go check out left before I go downstairs. Okay, so you go left, you go to past some doors that are just like yours. You come out into a slightly wider hallway, and to your left there's a there's a big window, and you can see out into the, like the garden area again, and it's kind of like a different garden area over there. It's more green, and there's... You know, some plants and, and bushes and flowers. And then, and it, you know what? It, it looks dry out there, though. Even though there's some, some flowers and things, it's sandy. Uh, to your right is bigger hallway leading down. On the right side of the hallway, there is a big painting of uh, this woman. And she's got some armor on. And the painting is like a cross between Van Gogh and Picasso in their primes, which sounds really weird, but... It's made up of, like... So it's more abstract. Uh, kind of. But it's clear that this woman is a woman of power and that she's, you know, posing for the portrait. And you get up close to the painting. There's thousands of tiny paint strokes. This painting is huge. It's, like, taller than you. And each paint stroke is a tiny dot. But when you step back from it, it has this, like, moving feel about it. Then, to your right, as you're looking at this painting, you hear a laugh. Okay. The laugh is warm, and there's a short elderly man there, and he kind of looks like a, he's between almost like human and dwarf. He's pretty short, and he's got like a white beard and mustache and a little bit of white hair on top. Okay. And he says, uh, I'm sorry to have surprised you. 
It's just that uh, I found one of our other guests in the same way. What is your name? My name's Aziza. What do you mean in the same way? Well, one of our guests who arrived a little over a week ago, I saw him staring at the same painting. How long have I been here? Oh, you've been here about three days. Uh, I found you in the desert. How many guests do you have here? Oh, we have about 25 students. Yes, so this is a monastery. I take in those less fortunate or those needing help, and I try to give them a place to learn and develop their talents. My name is Master Sore. Can I show you around? Yeah. Okay, so you're feeling like this guy is mostly friendly and he's got a warm demeanor about him. You feel like you can trust him. And he takes you and he shows you this monastery that you were woke up in. And it's pretty big. It's got like a grounds. It's got like a kitchen. It's got a sparring area and a dining hall. And everything is simple, but really high quality. And you go outside, you realize that the monastery is set in kind of between these two canyon walls and backed up to like at the end of the canyon. Okay. And then there's another building across the way from the building that you were in you learn that there's a place for art and crafting and meditation and there's a small library you kind of meet the people here and they are all fairly young and they are all kind of strange in some way or another um there's a tall orc woman am i the only tiefling you are the only tiefling yes you are absolutely the only tiefling you are the only one with skin as colorful as you have Okay. That's out outside of like a more earth-toned thing. You learn about this place and that, uh, that Master Sword is like taking in these people and kind of like teaches them until they are ready to leave. Okay. Out doing some wood chopping and hauling, you meet Kosef. Greetings. <laughs> <laughs> kind of busy right now. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> you guys meet each other and... You generally take a liking to each other. Like, everybody here is kind of friendly, but you guys feel like you can communicate pretty well, and you get along, and Aziza, as you work here, you, you kind of learn the place, and you learn that you have chores to do, and you learn what needs to be done around the monastery. As the most recent newcomer, would I be the one showing her around, like, what to do? Yeah, Master Sword would have tasked you to that. After, like, a couple of days, Mars, you would know the grounds pretty well. Okay. Kosef, do you remember before you woke up? Uh, I have a hazy few days right before I came here, but for the most part, yes. Uh, I was captured by some slavers, and fortunately was able to escape once these people found me in the desert. I don't remember anything before I got here. That is strange. I have, like, this feeling about before when I got here, so I remember chasing after some boy with an orb. With an orb? But I couldn't touch it. Was this in the desert? It was in a city. I don't remember which city, but I remember this little punk stole my coin purse, and he got away from me at first, so I kind of gave up for a while and went to my friend's house. I think it was my friend's house and i saw him again outside the window so i rushed to go get him but he went around this corner and dropped something and when i went to pick it up it like exploded <laughs> i didn't even know what it was interesting so maybe some kind of magic i think so it's fearful i feel sorry for you 
<laughs> While you guys are kind of talking, you're like outside in between tasks and you hear just a little ways away, you hear somebody screaming. You both kind of look over and there's a large orc woman and a human man in this outside sparring area. And the human has this quarterstaff and is like pushing down on the neck of the orc into the ground and uh-huh. has her arm wrapped up in the quarterstaff as well and is like pulling and pushing her neck down at the same time. She's like uttering this animalistic screeching. You don't know exactly how it happens, but somehow she snaps the quarterstaff. And this thing is not small. It's, you know, it's like a few inches in uh, diameter. And it just like cracks and the human is thrown backward. And she gets up and runs over. Her eyes are just like glazed over and she like runs towards this human. You can tell... Like glazed over like she's possessed? No, like she's enraged. Okay. Like, she's lost herself in animalistic instinct. Did You can't tell if, like, he appeared out of nowhere, or you just didn't notice him because he's kind of a small dude. But Master Sword, like, kind of pops up in front of her and does a very swift but small movement in front of her, and then she's on the ground on her back, and she slides a few feet. And he basically stopped her from tearing apart this human male. He says, Atel, enough. Go clean yourself off. And she, like, kind of snaps out of it and shakes her head, and then she, like, sulks off. And he helps up the, uh, human male, and he says, Rodos, you need to be more careful with her. I I was just practicing. We were just practicing. He, like, glares at him. Master, like, glares at him. I'm like, really? You know. And, and he, he also leaves. He turns to you two and says, would you two care to have a bout? I don't want to arm wrestle her. <laughs> she seems pretty strong. Oh, you would you wouldn't be arm wrestling her. There is magic in her. Ah. She would be wielding magic while you would maybe be wielding uh arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps to a drinking contest then. Yeah, I could go for that. Okay. So you guys you guys don't decide to bout and like later that night like it's almost like a like a montage star wipe and then like you guys are in the dining hall and like the other students are around you and they're like pounding on the on the tables like the long tables and they're like drink drink chug chug like and and you guys are like both like pounding these beers right i'm going to have you both roll for initiative, initiative. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh 16. 16. Who had the higher modifier? I have a 2. My roll was 16, so with my initiative, it's 18. Wait, what's your dex? My dexterity is 4. No. What's your dexterity? What's the big number? Oh, no. Wait, I'm looking at the wrong... I'm looking at his character sheet, not mine. (laughs) My initiative (laughs) is 1, so that would be 17. Okay, okay. So you win. Uh, So you... Barely. (laughs) You basically got him to start drinking first, which gives you a slight advantage. Like, you, he, he took the first shot, but, like, now you're too many... Or he took the first, like, beer. And, but now you're too many in, and you're not sure, like, who started... Like, you, at least you two, don't remember who started, right? <laughs> but, like, now you're both chugging at the same time, and, like, you're just, wor- you're just like, trying to go faster than the other person and, and go as quick as you can. Now, uh, I need you both to make constitution checks and Mars I'm going to give you a plus one to that okay 
Impressive. You can drink more than you look. Uh, <laughs> more than I look. That is like what a drunk person would say. <laughs> it's perfect. So I rolled 16. I have plus one constitution. And if you're going to give me one more, then I roll another 18. You get an 18. What did you get, Kosef? I got a 17, <laughs> and I've got a plus three. Okay, okay. For a, a whopping 20. <laughs> so you guys are drinking, and you both get, you just, like, feel this energy happen between you and like you both stop drinking for a second and stare at each other and you're both just like wobbling (laughs) and like everybody's quiet and just staring at you and just like like they don't know what's gonna happen and then aziza you tip over backwards and fall with a thud on the wooden floors and everybody shouts and is like patting Kosef's back and like you Kosef you don't feel any of the pats on your back at all but like but you're like you're grinning wildly you're like putting your arms up in the air and shaking them ah victory yeah and so you you won the drinking bout and the next day you both have like the fucking worst hangover you've ever had it's so bad and you both make an agreement with each other to never do that again (laughs) (laughs) oh god uh fucking sailor Kosif, you talk to Master Sor, and you, you know, right now, your main goal is to get back to the town, and that's what he promised you. Right. Uh, He said, you know, he let you know that, hey, we have to go get supplies every few weeks, we go to the nearest town, it's like a couple of days trek, and that's coming up. It's like a couple of nights away, or a couple of days away. Okay. You're planning on going with him, and it gets to, like, the day before, and you and Aziza just, like, hang out all day and have a good time. You um, watch other people sparring. You kind of, like, talk about what you've done over the last couple of weeks. Aziza, what is your plan if you don't remember anything? How do you plan on getting those memories back? I I have no idea, actually. I have no idea. Does Master Soar, if we ask him, have any recommendations? Maybe. We should go ask him. All right, we ask him wherever he is. Okay, I mean, later in the day, you find him. Or a little later, you find him. He kind of looks bummed out. He's like, I don't have a real solution for you. Uh, I've never encountered somebody who couldn't remember anything, except apparently you remember one memory? Yeah, something about that orb I remember, but that's about it. You can't think of anything distinctive about the city you were in? No, just that it was a desert city. Aziza, Master Sore, says to you, and he kind of like puts his hands on your shoulders, and it's kind of a reach up because he's small. <laughs> uh, and, he, and he goes, he grabs you, you on the shoulder, and he's like, Aziza, when I come back from our supply trip, I'll need to talk to you. Hmm. He goes off and does his own thing. You guys go into your rooms as normal. You you have your you know you have your own rooms. You go to sleep and get ready for the next day. Okay. And I'd like you both to roll a perception check and a survival check. Do the perception check first. 11 for perception and 20 for survival. I have a 7 perception check. Wait, do I add wisdom to that or no? Yes. Okay, so then it's 9. And a survival check, 6. Kosef, you wake up in the middle of the night and you smell something. You smell smoke in the air and your eyes snap open and you throw open the door and there's like plumes of smoke traveling along the top of the ceiling and it's thick black and gray clouds of smoke 
I start yelling and like pounding on the doors in the hallway to make sure to wake people up uh, and start screaming that there's a fire down below. Aziza, you wake up and your lungs are burning. Really? And you you are hacking it up. Yeah, they're like it feels like you're suffocating for a second. And your room is like cloudy and gray and smoky. And you get out and you like crawl out into the hallway where you can breathe. Right. Everybody's kind of coming out and coughing. When you guys kind of go down into the entryway, the whole entryway is just like lit up. It's totally on fire. Like we're trapped? Yeah, like you can't go down. Um, you can go back to where the kitchens are. Okay. Okay, so we can't go out the front. So we herd everyone toward the back? Yep. Is there, or wherever, there's another way out. You all kind of go towards the back. There's also a fire in the sparring room. So as you like pass into the dining hall, you can see that there's fire in the in the dining or in the sparring area as well. And you go back into the kitchen and like you go out the back door. The back room, the supply room in the back of the kitchen, is also on fire and producing smoke. And the kitchen is just black and full of smoke, but there's it's not like too hot. And you guys are able to be the first out outside where. There's some fresh air. Okay. Is this into, like, the garden? No, this is on the south side of the building. Okay. Under the kitchen. Got it. And the gardens are up north. Okay. Do we see anything unusual immediately besides the burning building? No. Well, there's an outside spring. Can we go get to that? Make another... Oh, no, it's sparring. <laughs> oh, it's sparring. It's an outside sparring area. Yeah. You can't right for shit <laughs> well i wasn't i didn't think i would be sending my shitty map to you so um kosef make a perception check perception 13 it's dark outside when you turn the corner and you go into the sparring area you can see the entry hall from the outside the building's on fire now also starting to be on the outside of the indoor sparring area and the building that's across the way the meditation and craft and library it's in it's engulfed mm -hmm. it's totally inflated it's like a huge bonfire oh my gosh okay so this isn't just like a fire that spread this is like someone this is arson right here yeah yeah are there any tracks or anything at the front of the building, you see this sharp movement, and it's really hard to see because there's smoke. It's the fire is bright, and the night is dark, and it, but you can see the night is dark and full of terrors. Master, <laughs> you're only allowed three Game of Thrones and three Monty Python references the whole game. So just a heads up, you've used one. You mean this session, right? No, I don't mean that. <laughs> Darn it! All right, I'm gonna check one off. <laughs> You see Master Sor, and he is, he's like being attacked by dark shadows, as cheesy as that sounds. Oh my god, are these the cloaked guys? You can't see what's hitting him, but he is blocking them, and he's doing it skillfully. He's moving fluidly, and uh, if you've ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender, he's moving like those people. <laughs> the people in that show. And he he's like deflecting and blocking and and almost holding something back and as everybody comes out behind you and watches he's like pushing them back and there's like a next kind of near the zen garden area the uh near the garden areas there is an amphitheater and he's kind of pushing back these forceful hits that are coming at him toward the amphitheater so that you guys can get between him and the library meditation building that's on fire so you can escape and he says Run. Like, he, he shouts back at you, run! All right, I run. Is he... Okay, yep, let's go. He seems far more capable than any of us here. 
I agree. As you're starting to go, you hear screams from your group and you turn around. Five of the other students are like thrown back up toward the top of the cliff face. You guys are like in kind of like in a canyon and they're being yanked. Their torso is being yanked upward into the night. That's crazy. Can we see anything grabbing them? No, they just like get yanked up really quick toward uh, like away from you. What do you do? I think we should keep running. <laughs> Run faster? Run faster. Is there any horses or anything? No. No, there's no horses. Camels? Okay. There are some camels. Yes. Hey! Um, out in front of the meditation building, there are some stables, and you get to them, and they are on fire, too. Wait, the camels are on fire? <laughs> no, no, the stables not... are on fire. Oh, okay. The camels are probably freaking out. They're, they're actually camels that are made of fire, <laughs> so yeah, this is D&D, so I can do anything I want. No. Yeah, actually, that makes sense. The stables are on fire, but the camels are not, and you're able to, like, get these panicked camels out, and there's, like, six camels. Now there's, like, about 18 of you. Okay. Okay. I think I think at this point, we're going to take a break and come back in a minute. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, this is your DM Grant from the future, and I wanted to come in and say thank you for making it this far. If you like this enough to think, oh, I'll give you a dollar, sure, why not? Have a dollar every month. It would help pay for the cost of the show, and it would potentially go forward to our crew getting better mics. Um, we do get some better mics in the second episode, so if you can stand this, listen to the rest of the episode and then move on to the next one because we have better mics. In the future, these things will always be in increments of 30 seconds, so if you are wanting to skip this and you have the little plus 15 or plus 30 seconds on your podcast player, you can just do that, get through all of this, and not have to listen to it every time, um, because why should you have to? Well, I have about 10 seconds left, and I have to make something up to fill those 10 seconds, and I'm trying to make it clear that I love you, so let's get back into it. Oh, I uh, guess I had a little more time than I thought. Goodbye. <laughs> you grab some camels and you're kind of herding them along. You're not gonna get. You're not getting on them, but you and a couple of other students pull them away, away from the fires into the darkness, and you can hear like these wind-sounding hits, like this rush of wind and thuds, and it was what you were hearing when. Master Sword was like blocking these things. You get out a ways away. There's a path that goes north and that goes south. And uh, the two people that uh, you were watching during that encounter a couple of weeks ago, um, they kind of they're leading the camels as well, and they're kind of running forward. You know, everybody's stressed out and panicked. Atel, she says, we should go south. That's the nearest city. Rodos, he goes, no, we need to go north to the temple. And there's kind of this uh, stopping point 
everybody doesn't want to stop, but like there's kind of two ways to go. Right. So there's a pause. Yeah. There's kind of a decision. You would have heard about, you would have heard about the temple a little bit. You would have heard that like Master Sor considered it like a really safe, sacred place and that it had magical protection. And then it was a little bit closer than the city and that, you know, he had some backup supplies there, but it wasn't like meant to hold this many people for that long. Um, or you could go toward the city, but it's like a couple of days, like three days, and you have camels and no supplies. Atel goes, it's the only sensible thing to do. We have no other choice. The temple won't last us. And Rodos goes, no, we have, the temple has magical protection. Rodos is kind of like, maybe like a star pupil. Um, he's, he's like, always close to Master Sora's side. You know that he's pretty competent. Um, Atel is too. She's, you know, she's a strong orc and she is smart. She's sharp. Um, so I'm going to kind of leave it up to you guys to talk it out. I don't like him already. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I would rather go to the city, but traversing the desert uh, over three days without any kind of water seems like a poor decision. I agree. It's true. It's truly up to you. I mean, if we can head to the temple, grab some supplies, and then just head south anyway, then. Right. I agree, says Rodos. I tell you, you're not thinking. You're panicked. You you just want to get to the city, but we have to go to the temple first. And she goes... For a second there, I was, like, actually expecting a third person to talk, <laughs> and then I realized that Atel was me. And Atel goes, no, I'm not going your way. She, like, jumps upon a camel. Atel, be reasonable. She's like, who's going with me? A dwarf and, like, a female human um, and a dwarf male. They both grab a couple of camels and hop on. Everybody else is too, is hes- hesitates and clearly doesn't want to go. And she gives them about two seconds and then, like, snaps the reins on the camels and the three of them go off uh, south. I really want to go that way. (laughs) Roto says, come on, let's go. We have to go. And he pulls the other three camels and you guys up. And you guys go. You know how, like, in Star Wars when C-3PO and R2-D2 split ways and, like... R2-D2, he went the, like, rocky way, and C-3PO goes the sandy way. Right. Well, you guys went the sandy way. <laughs> it's heavy. It's dark. After you get a little ways away out of the canyon um, walls, it's cold. You guys are pretty high up north, and it's it's cold. Good thing we've got these flaming camels to keep us warm. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> oh, boy, aren't I just, like, warm up on next to the camels. After, like, some panicked quick walking, and like, you start in a run, and then you get to a quick walk, and it's quiet. It's the desert, and it's dry, and it's there's, like, sagebrush, and but it's it's still pretty sandy. Can we, can we sense anything following us? Good question. I don't want to overuse this skill, but go ahead and make a perception check again. <laughs> I feel like uh, 90% of D&D is... Do we see anything? Make a perception check. <laughs> so I rolled a 19. Kosif? Oh, I'm making one, too. Sure, if you want to. Uh, 13. Okay. Aziza, with your dark tiefling eyes that can see in the dark, you don't notice anything at first, and then once you guys get a ways away, you see way off behind you, you kind of look behind you after you've, like, crested a hill, a small figure is, like, moving towards you kind of unevenly. Not quickly, not slowly either, but like unevenly. Okay. Can I sense whether or not it's like good or bad? Yeah, you have the force and you're a Jedi. No, no, of course you can't. You don't, you don't know who this person is. You can't recognize it too far away. <laughs> uh, 
not to be harsh on you, but no, you you have fine. Be that way. You have uh, you have nothing to detect who they are. They're just out of where you could recognize what they really looked like. Do you want to let everybody know? Okay, so there's more than one. Oh no, there's one. There's just one, as far as you can tell. Okay, so there's one. Yes, I do. Okay, so you let everybody know. And they kind of speed their way to the temple. They, like, hurry up. And you guys, like, kind of jog along with the camels. And there are now, like, 15 of you. You crest another hill. Five of you are just gone. There's only 10 people left in here, in the crowd. Oh, no. And you guys are looking... Like, just missing? Yeah, they're just gone. It, oh, God. It's still dark. Uh, and, like, you you don't even know what happened. It wasn't... There was no noise. Nobody saw anybody leave. They just are gone. You, everybody starts breaking into like a panicked run. Uh, when they do, you kind of just feel more people go. They're just gone. Rodos is still with you and he, and like you turn the, a corner, like there's, you know, there's like a, another cliff wall and you turn a corner and, uh, it's absolutely Indiana Jones where the temple's in the cliff wall. A hundred percent. And there's the temple in front of you and he he's like, he just shouts and points and you're all running in the dark with these camels. And then one of the camels is gone. Oh no. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Do we make it through the front door of that thing? As you're running toward the temple, which is coming up in front of you, it's not like they moved there. They kind of just appeared there. There's like three uh, black figures standing in a row. In front of it. In front of it. And now there's seven of you. And two camels. And you look behind you and there's another two figures that are black. And you're stopped. And there's kind of canyon walls on either side of you. There's not time to wait around to get dragged into space. I vote we just charge them and break through to the temple. I agree. And that's what we do. If you're in agreement. We don't have any weapons, do we? You guys charge... No. You guys charge... You don't. (laughs) I throw the camel at them. Uh, No, you you don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's super effective. Um, <laughs> you run at the figures. They all pull out from just somewhere in their cloaks, their robes. You can't tell. They're not wearing, like, capes. They're just wearing, like, loose clothes. They pull out, each one of them pulls out, like, a sword. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, yeah. The moonlight glints off them, and there's not a lot of moon. It's pretty dark. And they raise up their uh, swords and kind of go in all into the same stance and are about to come at you. Master Sor breaks from in between you. He's clutching his left leg, but he's still moving very fluidly. And you're not sure what he does, but he like gets kind of close to them and then... You hear metallic clangs as the swords get thrown back away. He kind of kicks and pushes two of the shadows and the shadow figures, and they go off into the night, and they disappear. Uh, One of them runs at you, Ziza. Now that it's up close, you see, like, little wisps of smoke come off of this person who's garbed all in black, their face is covered. They grab you. Go ahead and make a strength athletics check. If you get dragged away into the night, I'm gonna, like, cry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I got 12. Okay, um, you're able to grab uh, his wrists and throw him off to the side and he swings back around and his leg his like foot comes up out of nowhere and kicks you in the face and you take a damage and 
you are knocked back. You're not knocked on your feet, but you're just like a little bit stunned. Right. And then, Kosef, you see this happen kind of in front of you, and then you see Master Sore. He turns, even though it's shadowed, you see just like the anger in his face. And he like pulls the shadow figure back, just burst through them, like with his fist. Whoa. So it's like they were made of smoke. They turn. He turns into smoke. It was like a solid hit, and it looked like it hurt something or some. It hurt that thing, but it disappeared. Yeah, it turned into smoke. He's breathing heavily, and he goes inside. The six of you and the one camel left go into the temple. Master Sword limps in after you. It's a big stone entryway, and there's like some altars for like incense and candles. And there are some candles in here. And there's, like, door to the back. It's it's another simple, well-made place. And he, like, slams the doors together and then collapses on the ground. What would you like to do? I would rush to him and make sure he's okay. Is there? Do you have any supplies? <laughs> we need to find him. He's, like, breathing heavy. And you look, and there's this huge chunk out of his leg. Out of his left leg. There's not blood. It's pouring it's just missing. smoke. No, it's like off the wound. It's just like light gray. It's just pouring smoke off steadily. Okay, so I'm going to examine him and make sure not to touch it. He leans back and he's like, Aziza, give me Rodos. Uh, and, and you can also see under his right collarbone, there's a black hole and there's more smoke coming out of that. Where's Rodos? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. And he like lets go of the camel. Kosef, make, um, make an insight check. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> five. Okay. I'll go look for medical supplies. <laughs> <laughs> so you hurry up and go to the storeroom and look for medical supplies. And like, um, there's another student there. We will call them Ewin. Oh, hey, Ewin. I've seen you around a whole lot. We're good friends. Yeah, it's a little dwarf uh, man. And he... You know, he's usually such a cheery guy. Um, he looks really panicked. And you guys get some, like, you guys go back into a room in the temple. He's clearly been here before. And you get, like, some water and, like, some salves. And you come out. The six of you are huddled around Master Sore. And he, like, is grabbing Rodos and saying something. And you you guys hear, the portals, Rodos, you know. And he takes out this, out of his robes, this purple gem and it's about the size of like a like a softball and it's like dew shaped so like a dew drop and there are bronze claws like bronze metal claws curling up around the bottom of it does rodos take it rodos does take it when he does there's like a silver swirl that kind of goes around on the inside of it he takes it master sore drops dead gasp is lifeless Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Where are we going, Rodos? Rodos kind of looks at you, and he's kind of stunned. Aziza, make an insight check. Ten. He looks really stunned. He's shocked, and he's pale. His shoulder-length black hair is just, like, greasy and sweaty, and he looks down at this gem, and he takes a deep breath, and he goes, We have to open it.
Okay, what's wrong with that? Why are you? What are you panicking about? Uh, I uh, I'll explain later. And he puts it in his robes, and he kind of goes off in the corner. Okay, so we should gather the supplies that we can carry between the rest can we of find us. Find any weapons as well? Yeah. So there is a smattering of weapons that you find. There's a quarter staff, light crossbow, and four bolts. Um, there is a short sword. Or there's actually a couple short swords and some some there's also some like miscellaneous trinkets like there's uh some flint and steel for like lighting the candles there's water yeah i think that's good there's some food too there's uh like some rations it's like dried okay. it's like uh the hobbit bread <laughs> lembas bread yes yeah <laughs> and it, but it's like kind of gross it doesn't it's like not it doesn't taste like cornbread or anything it's just kind of like bland and dry Ugh. only when necessary uh, and you guys kind of, you guys move Master Sora's body to lay in front of, like, the bottom of the main altar, and you, like, find a blanket to put over him, and you're not really sure what to do with him. And that will end our first session. Okay. Some questions about how safe this place is for Rodos next time. <laughs> we'll come back next time and deal with all the repercussions of what happened.